Late Night Conversations with Patricia Nduli. SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. My name is Patricia Nongkululego Nduli. We are speaking now about a social issue and uh, it emanates from the speech that our president gave us at 8 o'clock speaking about the... To speak to us about this, I've got the president of NEPTOSA, which is National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, Basil Manuel. Basil, thank you very much for joining us once again on SAFM Late Night Conversation. Good evening. Pleasure to be with you. Now, Basil, the last time you and I spoke, we were talking about what what Neptosa would like to see when it comes to the education system under the current COVID-19 uh, situation. Today, we have heard the president saying there is going to be a closure of schools from the 27th of this month up until August, but uh, giving it uh, incremental time. So the first two weeks off for uh, grade 12s and then grade 7s, another three weeks, and then the rest will come in towards the end of August. What do you, as Neptosa, have to say about this particular announcement by our president? Patricia, first of all, um, there is a bit of confusion. There's a bit of uncertainty. Um, I want to welcome the the month, uh, the four weeks break. However, to ask the matriculants to come back after a week seems to be punitive, simply because that means that the the management teams of those schools doesn't have a break at all. And I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around what informs that. Then, of course, we seem to have a fixation with grade 7, and I don't know why. We would much rather have seen the grade 9s come back because it is the grade 9s that have to make life choices in terms of subject choices uh, for the next year. And uh, they haven't spent any time in school. So that concerns us. But those are issues that we'll clarify because the minister still has to give us detail about these things. Uh, There was mention also of the uh, the academic year flowing over into 2021. Now, I'm not 100% certain what, does, what that means. Does it mean that the, um, the work that we haven't covered this year will be amalgamated into next year's curriculum? If that is the intention, then it makes sense because it's not the entire curriculum. It will be key concepts. But if it means that we are going to finalize this year in next year, uh, something like writing the metric exam next year or something, then I have an issue with that. But that also needs to be clarified. So there are a few issues that that need some deeper uh, clarification, which, of course, was mentioned that the Minister of Basic Education needs to do that. So it's a mixed basket. I know that there is a lot of confusion. The people are asking, why did we just get... Uh, the break and get over and done with it. We would still have organized. But then, of course, there are the social issues uh, that are linked to schools, like the nutrition scheme. Now, the nutrition scheme is not part of the core uh, function of, of the teachers, but it is teachers that make it happen. Now, how are we going to do this? And, of course, many, many schools are going to be wrapping their heads around this. Are we talking about continuing to cook and making children come for food? Or are we going to hand out parcels of 
of uh, uncooked food for children to take home because most of it is dry ingredients. So there are those issues that within this week we need to wrap our heads around so that we can actually uh, implement uh, a number of these issues. I'd like to find out from you, if you at home are a parent and we're listening to the speech by the president, or you're an educator, I'd like to know if you have any concerns. Do you understand what this uh, hold on school means? Do you understand the extension of the academic year or the potential extension of the academic year? Please do let me know. My WhatsApp number is 0614104107 or SMS me on 41391. You can also send call us on 0891104207. Basil, you know, I'm glad you touched on the issue of the extension of the academic year. When will this be finalized? Because for me, it would be an extension based on public schooling. But obviously, we right now don't, I don't know much. Maybe you know much about it. However, it is not affecting private schooling, further bridging a huger divide between the haves and the have-nots. Absolutely. We we spoke when we were addressing these issues and when we tabled the memorandum, we spoke about schooling. We did not separate it into public and private schooling. So we are surprised that the private schools are being treated so differently. Then to when it comes to the uh, this extension of the academic year, it has so many repercussions, the calendar for next year, etc. Uh, you start... Uh, fiddling with things that don't need to be fiddled with. We have a preoccupation with trying to ensure that the matric exam, as it stands at the moment, is untouched. And that is just silly because the rest of the world would tell you that you can't do that. Um, We've made proposals around how we believe that the the matric exam could be addressed without impacting on its quality. But um, we are also concerned that we mustn't see um, dual systems being perpetuated in the country. And if certain groups are just untouchable, then we are perpetuating a system of duality. And definitely that's what uh, the message came across as unless uh, we are going to hear a different explanation from the minister when she finally addresses us. Hopefully, it would be sooner than rather later. I mean, I'm a parent, Basil, and I know how difficult it has been to ensure that my children are going through their online studies and I'm supporting them, meanwhile also working and also trying to take care of myself emotionally, mentally and physically. It's been very, very difficult. With the closure of schools, I know one of the issues that some parents had was the concern of kids not having anyone to look after them, especially in the early development phase, of which was also opened at some point, the ECD. What does this mean now? Does that mean even all the kindergartens or even just only the public ones, not the private one, are still open? Remember that the vast majority of kindergartens or the the pre-grade arts and grade arts are actually private, the vast majority. The very small minority that are attached to, to your primary schools, those will obviously close. But your private ones, we have a court ruling which has opened them 
and they can't summarily be closed because that court ruling was very emphatic in the Gauteng uh, North High Court. So uh, there's, there's no issue there. Of course, the, the, the issue, I think, by extension uh, from your question is um, the care for children who are at home. This is, this is a concern of ours. There's no ready answer. There's no easy uh, response. But we also do know that parents are accustomed to having holidays. Um, and when they, the, the, the schools are on holiday, they make a plan. And uh, it's those plans that will have to kick in. But we're still going to have parents that battle uh, to, to do that because um, those things come at a cost. And if you have been at home without pay and now you only get back now, it is going to be more difficult. But we've had to balance that against the, the reasons why we've called for, for the break. And uh, these have not been completely answered by the message of the state president. Remember, we were concerned about the health and safety and the preparedness of our department, as well as uh, things such as the mental health of our teachers, etc. And um, we are a little concerned that uh, our reasons haven't been looked at carefully, because if you summarily send teachers back after a week's break, do you honestly believe that that would have addressed the problems? And it can't just be about curriculum. We're dealing with people. We were worried about midwinter and the and the peak of the virus. You can't tell me that grade twelves are not affected by that. So we are concerned about a number of those things. But I don't want to be preemptive before I've seen uh, the full documents. And maybe we are missing a point or two. And uh, hopefully by tomorrow we will be getting some of these. Now uh, we've asked the minister for a clear indication of when we are going to meet to further explore the grey areas. Basil, I've got a question here from our A-team via WhatsApp. Do the parents still have to pay school fees for this closing of schools? Open and close. The Minister of Education is totally confused. But I think it's very important. Do parents have to pay for school fees. The last time I think we had a proper school term was the first term that ended in March. I'm going to give a diplomatic answer. If you are getting paid, please pay your school fees. And if you're not getting paid? If you're not getting paid, how are we going to squeeze blood out of a stone? But what are you paying for? Because you're not getting a service if you are getting paid. Well, I'm going, at home. I'm going to give you a bit of a, I'm going to give you a, a response to that. Excellent. Remember that uh, what we have done, besides uh, the work that had been done already, we've encouraged teachers to ensure that every single child, irrespective of where they're located, goes home with something so that there is work that has been pre-prepared. Uh, texts for reading, because we know that many of our Homes are, are, are text uh, uh, poor. You know, they don't have uh, the appropriate reading materials there for, for, for uh, children in different grades. Send them home with those. Send, send work home. And this work will, of course, be uh, looked at when children start returning. But I also want to say that uh, if we t- just adopt a view that we should stop paying school fees, there are hundreds of primarily uh, lower-paid workers 
that are cleaning staff members, that are groundsmen, etc., that stand to lose their jobs because these are being paid for by governing bodies. And those governing bodies desperately need an income to sustain that. And hence my view, if you're getting paid, pass on the good fortune to the next person. I don't know if I share the same sentiment and I know it's not about me but I mean if you're looking at rands and cents and we pay for a service and we expect the service to be delivered to us and if the service is not delivered and parents are having to pay for someone to look after their kids while they go and, 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 and still try to put bread and butter on the table then my good fortune is to feed my children and have a care worker to come into my home and look after my children. But if I now have to be obligated to then share it because another person has to get paid, but there's no service. It's, it's painful. It's, um, it's not a fair place to no be service, in. But, uh, the, the point I'm making is that we are encouraging teachers to ensure that there is a form of a service. And I know it's a difficult one. And I know a lot of people are going to have difficulty wrapping their heads around that. But if there is continued service, you must be making your contribution, honestly. If there is continued service, and I doubt most schools have had continued service since March. It's been on and off. Let me go here to our A-team on WhatsApp. I see no logic in this academic year spilling over to 2021. Sometimes I wonder if this advisors are genuinely giving this enough thought. Pass all grades except grade 12. Is that too detrimental or unfavorable? I, I, I like the sentiment being expressed. Mm. Let me tell you what we had proposed, and maybe your your listeners will, will understand how we view that. Uh, every grade will probably lose on some key concepts. For example, let me take a simple uh, example. Um, fractions. Fractions in grade four are taught for the first time. But now, if you haven't done fractions in grade four, so you don't even know what fractions means, that concept must be carried over into the grade five mathematics so that the teacher there begins with fractions. Because after all said and done, it's a continuous stream. You're going to continue uh, learning fractions. So that key concept must be carried over. But at the same time, what you've got to do is you also have to reduce the curriculum they're removing what we call the extension uh, or enrichment part of the curriculum because remember in every uh, subject there are parts of the curriculum that are core and then there are others for extension they are there as so-called fillers so we need to do that if that is what is meant by uh, extending the academic year into 2021 then full support however If we are assuming that the year, the physical year, will end, let us say, in February, then I'm totally opposed to it. Mm. Let me go to the line here. Our A-team member, Ngonde, has been holding patiently. Thank you very much for holding and good evening to you, Ngonde. Good evening to you. Good evening. I must say I do have a young and some son who's 18 years old and doing grade 12. So I am obviously apprehensive about him going to school when I did hear that in his classroom, they were sent home, right? And last week they went for test, you know, COVID test. And fortunately, he was free, you know, he was negative.
So they do attend in that high school in Mafeking, you know, and also grade sevens. Now, Patricia, I want to take you back to 97 quickly. The erudite scholarly professor, Jonathan Janssen, wrote an article in 97 saying OBE must predictably fail. In other words, he was not impressed replacing apartheid education, which we know that it was meant to discuss, to replace it quickly with OPE from New Zealand, you know, and Australia. He was not impressed at all, you know, because OPE, in summary, is based on a resource-based, right? If you don't have resources, tough luck. You know, if you're not content-wise, in other words, if, if you don't know your curriculum, if you don't know the pedagogy, tough. Now, quintile five, definitely, they do have resources. Quintile four, definitely, they do have resources. Quintile one, two, and three, the lower you go, I don't mean to the less resources. And I don't mean to be rude, but uh, Basil is on the line. I need to please get to the point because I need to go to the news in less than three minutes. Oh, okay, my, my point then in summary yeah. would be, what does it think of Professor Janssen's view that grade 1 to 11 must be progressed to the next level? Only grade 12. The focus should be on grade 12 this year. Then next year, they'll all be in the next grade. Would you have progress learners, sometimes called John Walker, because they can walk through the next grade? Thank, Thank you, you Monda. Thank you very much, Monda. Can you respond kindly, Basil? Absolutely. Uh, look, Naftaz has never supported the view that we need to close schools and then have automatic progression because we do believe that we can still teach something, particularly something like reading and mathematics, as I've said on the previous program. So, uh, and we believe that some of that can still be done. Uh, as the year creeps further on, Unfortunately, I seem to be moving closer to Professor Jansen's view, but I'm not quite there yet. Mm. Let me go here to the lines. Uh, I've got uh, Janet uh, Hyde, who's in Durban. Janet says, I'm a teacher and we have been working flat out at school since 28th of May and we post work online every week for our children, so we are delivering a service as well. Janet, well done. I'm very glad that there are schools that are delivering a service consistently, but the question would also be begged to, to, to ask that, well, from end of March, April, and only until May, so almost three months, there was no service being delivered. And now, yes, you are catching up, but not all schools are doing what you are doing. I wish I knew which school you were in, Janet. And then someone else says here, Good evening, Patricia. We must admit that COVID-19 is real and we have to close schools for the rest of this year for all grades. It is difficult, but this is for the safety of our children. This is from Munidi Mutlapane. And then I've got here from Tamba in Rustenburg. Hi, Patricia. I have never heard people blaming the Minister of Labour for whatever eventuality that comes as a result of people going back to work. Why is the Minister of Education, as an individual, being targeted like this, as if she takes decisions alone? Would you like to respond to these couple of messages before I move on to the next? Uh, Absolutely. Look, uh, some of them are just mere statements. 
there are many schools where work has continued, and we've got to acknowledge that. There are also many schools that are very under-resourced that have also continued to to give extra lessons, etc. And that we really also need to acknowledge. Unfortunately, when you're the political head, you've actually got to carry the can. And because schooling affects virtually every adult in the country, and everybody has been in the school, so they all assume they know a lot about schooling, the Minister of Education will always get that rap because uh, people know more about education than most other things. And uh, finally, as we close off, uh, a question here um, from Anonymous who says, if my child gets the virus on school premises through negligence of the school, can I sue the government? You'd have to prove negligence. And how do you prove negligence? Because Mm. you won't be able to prove where your child got the virus from. Very true. And this this is the the, the difficulty with, with that line of thinking. Thank you so very much, Basil. Unfortunately, because of time, I'm going to have to bid you a farewell and a good night. But I know you and I are still going to share this platform in the near future. Have a good evening. You too, Patricia. Good night. Let's go to the newsroom.